1036. We stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess to you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your punishment, now and forever. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God to all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The introit is in your green bulletin insert. I'll chant the first port uh, going up to flock, and you'll begin with the glory. Uh, glory be to the Father and chant the glory. of Zion, behold the salvation cometh. The Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and ye shall have gladness of heart. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, Thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Daughter of Zion, behold thy salvation cometh. The Lord shall cause his glorious voice to be heard, and ye shall have gladness of heart. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of thine only begotten Son, 
so that by his coming we may be enabled to serve thee with pure minds. Through the same Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday in Advent is from the fourth chapter of Micah. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills, and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and rebuke strong nations afar off. They They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all people walk, each in the name of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, says the Lord, I will assemble the lame. I will gather the outcast and those whom I have afflicted. I will make the lame a remnant and the outcast a strong nation. So the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from now on, even forever. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from the 15th chapter of Romans. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may, with one mind and one mouth, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, Receive one another, just as Christ also received us, to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come, gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Alleluia, alleluia, the power of heaven shall be taken. And then you shall see Jesus, the Son of Man, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. And there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. The Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of His Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, 
and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
sermon text from Malachi 4.2, but to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Old Testament speaks, the Old Testament and the Gospel speak of Christ coming in two ways, which are, are quite different. First, it speaks of men's hearts failing from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. That's one way. This doesn't sound good. (laughs) Where is all this fear coming from? And why are these people experiencing a a failing of their hearts about what is to come upon the earth? But the Old Testament lets us know For behold, the day is coming, burling like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly, will be stubble, and that day which is coming will burn them up. The Lord will leave them neither root nor branch. Well, if that's the way it is, then there's great reason to have fear of the coming end for those who are proud, for those who lead wicked lives. Their hearts, their desires, their reason for living is bound up with the heaven and earth, which is biblical language for everything in this creation. And so, yes, what is going on? This heaven and earth, this world, the sky, the world, it's going to end. And, well, their hearts are bound up with the stuff of this world, the present sphere. And the coming of our Savior is going to bring the proud to an end. For these evildoers, the coming of Christ causes them to lose everything of which their life and their trust, they trusted in in this life. The coming of Christ brings them great fear because they lose everything. But the scriptures speak in a second way in today's reading in which it speaks about Christ coming not in, gra- not in dread, uh, or, or fear, but in great hope and in expectation. The Holy Gospel says, now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Instead of trying to avoid that day, no, they're, and hoping it never arrives, Jesus tells us to look up in expectation, anticipate Uh, direct our gaze towards it because we want it to come. Instead of hunkering down and trying to uh, uh, avoid the loss of all of our worldly goods, if, if that were possible, Jesus directs us instead to lift up our heads. We're to welcome Christ's coming. And finally, the great reason for the change in the behavior is due to the final outcome. Instead of expecting a loss of everything, these believers will receive a gift. A gift of redemption. Something which they have desired for a long time. Christ's coming will be a receiving of everything that their hearts love. When the whole Testament talks about Behold, uh, those who fear my name, to those who fear my name, to the believers, it says, the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in their wings. Healing. 
God's people. He's speaking to those who fear him, to those who put their hope in him. These people uh, look forward. They don't have their hearts set on the stuff of this world. And so the coming of the Savior is like the coming of the rising of the sun. And it says there will be healing. So how many times this week have you thought about the second coming of Jesus? And, when you did, did it bring you great relief that he was returning? Uh, And did you think about how good it would be when Christ returned? Or or maybe, maybe you didn't think about the return of Christ well at all. Um, Didn't cross your mind. Which maybe we ought to ask, then why didn't it? Um, Why don't we long? I mean, if something's good is coming, we usually talk about it. And we long for Christ's coming. Not to desire Christ's coming is not to desire to be free from sin. And so, well, if we're not thinking about Christ's return at all, it could be for various reasons. One, we could be deceived thinking that we no longer see the daily sin which infects our life and and thus, I I don't really need healing at all. I'm doing just fine. Um, I don't need any healing. Or maybe, too, you do know that your sinful actions and, and the problems, but maybe you're clinging to those sins and you don't want them to be taken away and to let go of them. And that's the reason that the season of Advent has come upon us. It's because we don't direct our attention to those things. We need to be prepared. And if we need to be prepared, then we're going to have to have some preparation. A preparation for Christ's coming. How does the church prepare us for the coming of Christ? We need, we need someone to bring us back to our senses so that we look forward to those good things which are promised. And so we see in the Old Testament, it says, Behold, the day is coming. You see, for those who continue to live in their sins, who are only concerned with this world, we need to be warned, a day is coming that will be dreadful. A day in which the stubble will be burned up like a burning oven. But we also need to be taught, well, that God will send, as it did in the Old Testament, that God would send another Elijah who would turn God's people. That man was John the Baptist. And in the season of Advent, we speak about John the Baptist quite a bit. He's the one who came and said, Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. The axe is already laid at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. And so John the Baptist comes and we hear his words, which tell us to be prepared. He directs us to what we need. Your pastors also are sent during the season of Advent to preach to you the coming of Christ. Not just the celebration of a, a, of a birthday party, but about God's salvation. A salvation which saves us from the punishment of sin on the last day. So how does this happen? Well, the way in which God prepares us through the Old Testament, through John the Baptist, through the pastors, is through the preaching of the coming of Christ. 
The Old Testament says, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him on Horeb for all issue, for all Israel with his statutes and judgments. So it keeps remember, and it points us to the word. St. Paul says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the scriptures we might have hope. The only way that there is preparation is through the hearing of God's word, and then our response in prayer that we ask for the things which God has told us that we need. Jesus says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Watch, therefore, and pray. So with the words, watch and pray, it's directing us to hear the word of God and to speak back to God in prayer. It is the word that is proclaimed that prepares us. And what does that word say if we have preachers preaching the word? Well, it gives us a message. The scriptural message of God's messengers is that he is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. We have been disobedient children. We've not listened to our fathers in the faith. You see, Noah and his family listened to God's word, and they avoided the destruction of this world by a flood. Abraham had great hope. He didn't cling to this world. He left his home. He traveled to a land which God would show him. Moses also was God's servant who believed in the coming of the great prophet who would save God's people. You see, through the hearing of the word, we hear the message, a message which changes hearts. What is that message? Well, the law side of that message is that the day is coming, a day where there is punishment. But the gospel side of that is we need not fear. We will not be burned up. We will not suffer loss. Because we are not clinging to the things of this world. We will escape the curse of death because we believe in Jesus Christ. Through the sacrifice of God's Son, we've been made His people. Forgiven of our sins, we are His gathered saints. We are those Gentiles who now rejoice in in being a part of God's Old Testament people. So believing in Christ, we are prepared. Believing in Christ, we have great hope and peace and joy. You see, the colic for today, it begins with the words, stir up our hearts. Yeah, it's a prayer. It's a prayer asking that God would send his preachers to preach the word, that that word would expose our sins and create faith in our hearts. Stir up our hearts by giving us faith, faith in Jesus Christ, that we might look forward to the second coming of our Savior. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Page 
peace, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, the Root of Jesse, and the Son of Man coming in the clouds, that he is coming to us, and we need not fear his second coming, but may lift up our heads in the confident hope that he brings us eternal life. Let us pray to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we ask that your church might not be caught lazily sleeping in her sinfulness, but would be restored, that she would hear your glorious voice with a glad heart and give herself over to the rejoicing voice of prayer. May all pastors in Christ, including our Bishop James, our pastors Gary and Michael, that they would preach that the kingdom of God is near and thus turn the hearts of your people to the coming Lord. Bless the word that's taught to the children of our learning center, that trusting in your eternal word, they will never be ashamed. For our director, Keeley, for the rest of the staff, we ask that by the teaching of your word, both adults and children would have hope. Bless the work of Charity Lutheran Church in Burleson, as well as their pastor, Kent Heimbigner. Let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, give your blessing to our President Joe, our Governor J.B., to all who are in authority over us. Grant them your grace and guidance. Grant protection to our military, those who risk their lives for the common good, especially Danny, Jason, and Blake, as well as to our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex. Let us pray to the Lord. Bless our shut-in. Carolyn, our elderly, Violet and Tom, provide for the needs of Kevin and Stan, Jack, Levi, Jennifer, Victor and Marcia and Anita. Provide for our students, for Sarah and Sadie, Jonathan, Kara, Alexis, Ashley, Cameron, and Benjamin and Jacob. Let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, For to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Christ our Lord, 
whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the Messiah, the very Lamb of God, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of, of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, on those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Oh, my God, my God, who takes away the sin of the world. 
the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy endures forever. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled to serve you constantly. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.